We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Good morning, everyone. This is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability Podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Um, happy Monday, if you're listening to this live right now on Facebook. Um, otherwise, well, whenever you're tuning in on the podcast, um, happy whatever day it is. <laughs> so um, we're here today, this morning, to talk about the high stakes of exiting your business. And I'm really excited for this conversation. It's all about succession planning and exit planning. And we're here with Pat Ennis Legacy Partners. Uh, Pat, welcome. Good morning, Robert. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really, like, like I told you earlier, um, well, first of all, i got to tell everybody to um, kind of turn the tides on Pat a little bit because he had me on his podcast a couple of weeks ago to talk about uh, pricing strategies. And so um, I'm not just doing this as a print uh, what, what they call it, quid pro pro, <laughs> whatever that term is. But it's actually, this is a topic that I really enjoy. And um, and I stress this with all my consulting clients and with people that I train in business. Because um, succession is one of those things that people don't really think about <laughs> the way they should, right? They wait till the end. And that's usually, well, too late. Um, so Pat has brings a lot of experience in the financial planning services. I mean, he's um, Worked for some of the, the biggies like Fidelity Investments, Merrill Lynch, and Sentinel Wealth Management. Has all the certifications that you would hope for someone like him. Um, certified exit planner, certified value builder, uh, chartered advisor of philanthropy, and certified financial uh, planner. And so he's got a lot of experience, obviously, in this area and worked with for-profit and nonprofit leadership <coughs> management. And along with founding his own company, uh, NS uh, Legacy Partners, back in 2010. So he's got, obviously, an extensive knowledge and Understanding of the many challenges uh, faced by business owners uh, and his knowledge-based experience and training results in goal-based, comprehensive approach for business owners who are intent on building transferable business value and exiting their business responsibly and successfully. And so this is, um, this is I know, a huge area where there's always a gap. It's like, you know, when the time to, sometimes even when the exit is going to be to sell, um, there's not much to sell. And sometimes that's one of the reasons why the, they're, they're, um, their son or their daughter don't want to take over the business because it doesn't have enough value to take, <laughs> take over, right? So, so we're going to talk about that. And so uh, he served on various nonprofit boards, including Advisors and Philanthropy, uh, DC, Peacemaker Ministries, Montgomery County Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and Razzo Foundation. So he's married to Charlotte, have three children living in Montgomery Village, Maryland, and is a member of Covenant uh, Life Church. So thank you, uh, Pat, for joining us. And, uh, yeah, I know you're shaking your head as I was creating my introductions. These are just these are some of the things I've come across, um, but I know that you've seen more than that. But um, just well, we just kick it off with just what, a couple of the topics I just said about uh, you know just planning too late. <laughs> what, do you, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> yeah, well, it just so happens that, that just this morning, before this um, <clears throat> webcast with you or podcast with you, Robert, we. We had the opportunity to meet with a family and they were just telling us how, you know, a number of years ago, 
someone approached them and suggested that they start to, it's a family business, started to um, start planning back then. Well, now it, it it's late in the game and um, parents have aged and they're the majority stockholders in the business. They control the business. And it's a lot, it's going to be a lot messier now than it would have been if they just started back then in order to to successfully transition the parents and transition the business. So, so now, um, uh, we do, we get a lot of phone calls where everyone's ready to exit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, when you ask a few questions, you find out that, well, reality is the owners, neither the owners or the business is ready to exit the way they, they'd like to exit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. And so, you know, I've seen statistics about um, succession and that while majority of business owners want to pass it down to the next generation, only 30% actually successfully achieve the transfer to the second generation and only 12% Mm -hmm. to the third and only 4% to the fourth. And so it seems to me, at least just from my experience, most of that could be uh, mitigated just through planning ahead. Um, and then a lot of times there's mm-hmm. other some circumstances along the way, but a lot of that could be just uh, prevented just by planning. And before we get into some of these questions that I have for you, what, how did you get, you know, you obviously have experience in financial services, financial planning, mm-hmm. but how did you get uh, really interested in this niche, I, I guess? Because uh, it's uh, not, I don't know if very many people are really kind of specializing in this area. Yeah, no. So what happened was, you know, and I'm a baby boomer, just turned 60 the other day. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, most of my career has been in the financial services space. And when I was a partner in a wealth management firm a number of years ago, I started to get interested in business owners because we had a couple business owners come to us. Like many wealth advisors, we had a minimum account. Ours was a million dollars. And so we had a couple of business owners come to us and say, you know what, I need financial planning, I need help planning, but I can't really find anyone who I really want to work with because we don't, I don't have the minimum. Will you make an exception? And so we did. We made an exception for both of these gentlemen. And we just learned more about business owners and the impact that they have on so many different people. You know this, mm-hmm. working with business owners, the impact that a successful owner has on, well, their family, of course, Mm. uh, themselves personally, their family, their employees and their families, the customers, their vendors, charities they give to, the community, the local economy, the national economy. It's huge, huge impact. Mm -hmm. And what, what occurred to me was that these folks who had such huge impact were getting very little planning help particularly around this area of, of exiting their business. Because when you think about it, if you've built a business for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, and you've had all this impact on all these different stakeholders, all of that is at stake when and, and how you exit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just got, I got very interested in business owners around that time. And then, too, actually, I had a stint as a... Um, <coughs> Uh, an executive director for a nonprofit for eight years. And many of our donors, our biggest donors were business owners. Mm -hmm. And so you just, 
you know, again, you saw the impact that these yeah. folks have, and yet uh, the planning help they get is not always great because of this, because their their largest asset is often their business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so wealth managers like I was, we weren't, re- we weren't incented really mm-hmm. oftentimes to help sure. a business owner because we weren't incented to help them manage their biggest asset, the business. Yeah. yeah and it's interesting you, you bring that because I, I do notice that that the business owner doesn't realize, you know, they'll they'll you know invest into their IRAs or Roth IRAs and stuff like that, and maybe even real estate, um, but they don't even realize the uh, the financial impact and the financial asset that they have in their business, um, and not even thinking about that this is potentially something that could be passed down to their their sons or daughters, and they don't even think about that that this is a huge asset um, that they have that they spent so much time building up. Um, and I don't know why that is because, <laughs> you know, you would think they see their P&Ls and they see their balance sheets. And so you'd think that they would see the, uh, the gravity of their business. But, yeah, it's just interesting that they don't. Well, here, here's part of the reason I think that's what you just said is so accurate is because they're busy people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're busy with the day-to-day. And you work with enough business owners to know that the day-to-day is oftentimes full of the urgent mm-hmm. and the whatever disaster is about right. to happen that day that they right. need to mm-hmm. they need to address and just yeah. keeping you know keeping the lights on keeping everybody employed the day to day is not a small amount of stuff to do mm-hmm. and then they have their personal lives and that's all busy so it's 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 so easy if you're a business owner to lose um, track of the big picture Mm-hmm. Or, and you know what? That's one of the things that uh, the value adds that is probably most important that a company like ours brings, and and yours too, is is just helping that that impactful, busy business owner take a step back and remember the big picture mm-hmm. and the big picture of how impactful they're actually being. Yeah, no, that's good. And so you kind of already alluded to a little bit earlier. But what is at stake when an owner exits? I mean, the kind of title of this uh, podcast is The High Stakes of Exiting Your Business, and you kind of already started to outline some things, but anything more you want to add to what is at stake when an owner exits the business? Yeah, well, it, it, you know, that owner's personal goals are at stake, their financial goals, whatever they might be, mm-hmm. their value-based goals, their legacy goals, for instance, um, um, maybe it is a company that's been in existence for uh, decades and they have a big reputation. The owner has a reputation as well as the business and they have a culture that's been well-established and the owner might have a value-based goal of seeing that continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's at stake. If there's, if there's not the right uh, level of strategic planning around that. Yeah. Uh, so all their personal goals, and then, um, well, I just mentioned that the company culture can be at stake. Uh, they can realize big tax bills, unexpected, mm-hmm. or a minimum sale price for the business, which is not unusual. There can be a lack of family harmony, maybe in a family yeah. business. You know, if, if you've got four siblings working in the business and the parents are still involved, Two siblings want to do one thing, 
siblings want to do another. There can be, if that's not worked out and planned for, there can be disharmony there. Key employees who have helped build the business. Mm -hmm. If it's not, uh, they could lose their jobs maybe or not be treated the way the, Mm -hmm. the owners might like them to. And the owner's reputation, you know, and anything pertaining to their legacy can be at risk as well. Mm -hmm. And that's just a short list. Yeah. Real quick. No, I, no, I hear you. And then, you know, as, as you know, my wife and I have been working with uh, married couples that have a business. And well, what I've seen just in my short time consulting is that, you know, when there's not enough uh, uh, clarity and transparency about what's going on in the business, a lot of times the spouse and, you know, uh, a lot of times it's the wife that's either has a different career or is not in the business, but just doesn't want to be involved or or for some reason, they're not just communicating about the business. And then when something happens to the business owner, the husband or the wife, um, all of a sudden the spouse is left with this thing that they know nothing about. <laughs> and, so, and that becomes a disaster, right? I've, uh, I've talked to other uh, financial mm-hmm. services people and they said, mm-hmm. uh, there's one guy who said, I've never seen those things go well. Like when the spout, the wife is left, um, usually those things go bad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, what's at stake at exiting? Man, everything's at stake, right? So what? Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, on my way uh, back to the office to to do this interview with you this morning, I got an email from one of our clients who who I've been pressing and look, we need to get together with you and your wife because his wife is not at all involved in the business and she knows very little about it, and uh, they have young children. And she's, she's chosen, they've chosen for her to stay at home, take care of the kids. And, and uh, so I've been pressing, look, you and I, and she need to get together and we need to go through a process, what we call uh, business continuity planning. Uh, we have a business continuity instructions document. We take things, uh, people through so that everything's in one place. And, and if she knows, you know, if something does happen to him that, um, she knows what advisors to get in touch with right away. She knows who's going to uh, assume responsibility for operations, who's going to make financial decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there's a whole list of things. And so, yeah, too often an owner will unexpectedly pass away or, or become permanently disabled, incapacitated, and uh, the wife or the spouse is just, clueless mm-hmm. and what happens in that situation the value of the business immediately starts to mm-hmm. to drop yeah because yeah. one thing that can happen is key employees can start looking around and think mm-hmm. oh oh my gosh yeah. yeah i've been loyal to this owner but i don't know what the plan is and i got to be more loyal to taking care of my family sure. yeah yep so yeah yep. you're right to highlight that in particular actually yeah so what is exit planning? Because I think part, I think there's always a misnomer because that's one of the reasons I think why people mm-hmm. wait so late <laughs> to, to do exit planning, succession planning, because they just think, I just wait till I'm ready to leave, <laughs> basically. Um, and so as yeah. we both know that, that this, this thing actually should be worked out, you know, well, well in advance years, if not as mm-hmm. the business itself start thinking about this. But what is exit planning? Yeah, well, it's a process. You know, it's strategic planning like any other strategic planning. If if you're going to plan, if you're going to your wealth manager and you're going to be planning for exit, there's going to be a process. There's going to be a design. 
the plan's going to have a design to it, and then you're going to have to implement it. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the same um, situation here with exit planning. It's just that there can there's a lot there's a lot of different moving parts. Mm-hmm. There's the, there's everything to be ready on the on the personal side, which can involve wealth management, tax planning, uh, legal estate planning, business side. You know everything that has to do with the business, and then it all has to be coordinated. So, like any strategic plan that involves you either personally or from a business perspective, it's going to take at least a few different experts or professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, in, this, in this case, you know, you're typically going to have a CPA involved, of course, taxes. Yeah. Uh, attorneys, attorneys could be state planning attorney, business attorney. Uh, there might be a transaction intermediary involved, like an investment banker or a business broker, insurance professionals, wealth managers. There's going to be a number of different um, uh, professionals, experts, and then they all need to be coordinated. Mm-hmm. And and there's actually like a project that needs to be managed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the way we, we like to describe it is, is if you were going to build a commercial building, and you knew you were going to need architects, uh, electricians, plumbers, you know, all the different professionals. Mm-hmm. And you knew that, okay, I can either general contract or, or manage the project myself, or I can ask my friend John, the plumber, to not just do the plumbing, but manage the whole process. Yeah. Usually not a good idea. You want John the plumber. <laughs> right, just the plumber. Okay? You want just the plumber to keep focusing on the plumbing, right? Exactly, yeah. You, you, you don't want the plumbing to blow up down here. And John, you know, you keep pressing John. John, I want you to, to lead the project, not just do the plumbing. And John eventually says, okay, okay, okay. And he, he ends up doing it, even though he doesn't really want to, and he doesn't do it. And then downstream, you have plumbing problems. So it's the same thing here. Uh, and except, except instead of plumbers, it's CPAs. Instead of electricians, it's attorneys. And someone's got to lead the project. And mm-hmm. an exit planner, a trained exit planner, who acts as, as the um, project manager, is going to save you money. It's going to save you time. Mm-hmm. And it's going it, to make sure the whole thing's coordinated the way it needs to be. Yeah, so you're basically acting like the quarterback. <laughs> Call the plays mm-hmm. and let's go execute. Um, good. So what are ways, what are some different ways to exit a business? Because there's there's a variety of ways. And uh, I think people usually cue in on mm-hmm. two, which is hopefully take it and send, uh, turn it over to the kids or, or an employee um, or I'll sell it. But um, there's, I think there's more, more ways than that. So kind of walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, well, certainly, you know, you can, I think the, the first uh, exit route that comes to most folks' mind is selling it outright to a third party. Mm-hmm. And that, that can be, selling to a third party can look like that, selling outright just completely, maybe to a strategic part, a strategic buyer. Let's say I own a garage door company and there's a big garage door company that wants to come into my area. Mm-hmm. They might buy it outright or... You might decide, you know what, I want to sell, I want to take some chips off the table, so to say, and so I'm going to sell 50% or whatever the percentage is to an, uh, a financial buyer, maybe private equity, mm-hmm. and then get a second bite of the apple downstream. 
So selling to a third party one way or the other, of course, is an exit route. But then sale to insiders, and that can look like a management buyout or key employees mm-hmm. uh, who have helped you build the business. Or it can look like a combination of that. And um, we've got a client who, within the next couple of months, is going to sign the, the papers, the docs, to sell his company to one of his kids and, and, and a key employee. Mm-hmm. So selling to insiders, selling to children is another ESOP. You, you may have heard that term before, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, employee stock ownership yeah. plan. That's basically where the entire uh, employee base, um, they own indirectly uh, through a trust, an ESOP trust, they buy the company. That particular route can be extremely advantageous to to the seller or sellers mm-hmm. from a tax perspective. Mm-hmm. It can help them to realize a lot of their value-based goals as well. Mm-hmm. But there's, it's, it's, uh, there aren't, there's some pretty tight parameters about whether or not you even qualified for an ESOP. Okay. But that's another exit route. And then, uh, you know, more and more baby boomers are looking to, uh, become an absentee owner or become the chairman of the board, mm-hmm. yeah. hire a COO or even a president mm-hmm. and own the business, own the business until they actually pass away mm-hmm. and sell it at that point, the estate would sell it. Yeah. And here's the big reason for that is that they've, they've got a nice way of life oftentimes mm-hmm. in yeah. regard to their total compensation package. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they still, you know, a successful owner has had a lot of meaning, purpose, significance in their life mm-hmm. because of all the impact. Mm-hmm. And so they re- a lot of them will realize that, say, you know what, I don't want to step away from this totally. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I don't want to be involved in the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I still want to benefit from it financially. So they'll build it in a way to where they can step back and be an absentee owner. And then, of course, and this is typically the least favorite would be liquidating for asset value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, too often that is a forced exit and not one that's been planned. Yeah. Right. It's because they have no other options. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what right. They waited okay. too late. Now, occasionally, occasionally, occasionally there'll be a situation where, you know, you've just got a, a serial entrepreneur who's, who's built a particular business to a certain point and they, they're just, they don't like it anymore. They don't want to do it anymore. Mm. They want to move over here and do this business or, and they're just willing to, you know what, I'm going to take what I can get for the assets and get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But more often than not, it's more often than not, it's because of a lack of planning Yeah, yep. that you point out. Yep. I hear you. Yeah. And in fact, you know, I've come across a lot of these uh, situations, not a lot, but quite a few of these situations where, uh, owners are planning to to sell, or they're you know they're just having that discussion, and I and mm-hmm. I always say, hey, think of the option, like you said, the the absentee owner, of at least keeping a portion of the equity, and um, so that you can number one, not just get more, continue to get some basic residual income for this this thing that you built, right? This great value mm-hmm. that you built, um, but also steward the next generation because. You know, when you just kind of sell it up, you know, it's 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 black. You know, it's like you know, it's like a total abrupt transition. So, just from a transition point of view, 
to be able to stay on the board and guide the transition and, you know, help them take it to the next level, the business to the next level. Um, and also just you keep producing income from something that you've built until, you know, mm-hmm. you don't need to. And so, or you don't need it, but yeah, I always tell them to keep that in mind as an option because it's, it's, why not, <laughs> you know, if you can, it, well, you know what? That's good. That's good counsel, uh, particularly for family businesses where the, the the parents do indeed want to pass it to the kids, and the kids mm-hmm. want it, mm-hmm. and they don't always. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only do they want it, but they're they're proving themselves capable to be owners. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's 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 good counsel. Yeah, because the transition is is huge, and you know you don't mm-hmm. want this this thing to just blow up once you sell it over to another person, especially if it's not family owner, you know, and it's a third party that wasn't even in the business itself. It was just, you know, someone came in and was a buyer. Talk about, let's talk about value because sometimes mm-hmm. the business isn't worth selling. Um, the, the kids don't want to take it over. Yeah. No value. So how, what are some ways that the business can increase their value? Um, so there, mm-hmm. it is, there is something worth transitioning to the next generation. Yeah, well, that's a great question because, you know, you mentioned some stats on the front end of the podcast here. And and one stat, I don't know if you mentioned this one or not, you might have 80%, eight out of 10 businesses that want to be sold in the next 10 years will not sell. Mm -hmm. And that's because they haven't been built in a way, or if they're sold, they're not going to be sold for for the amount of net proceeds. Mm -hmm that the owner wants and needs to do whatever they want to do after the business. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, um, this is a big part of what we do. And I know in your, you're helping business owners think this way too. Um, there's a number of different value drivers. It, uh, one would be right at the top would be cash flow. You need strong cash flow, no matter if what exit route that I just mentioned a few minutes ago mm-hmm. that you choose to mm-hmm. meet your goals. Yeah. You're going to need strong cash flow. Yeah. And because if you're going to sell to a third party, mm-hmm. third party is going to put a multiple on your net cash flow. Mm-hmm. If you're going to sell to insiders and um, or children, the business, the cash flow from the business is going to have to fund it more than, and pay the, mm-hmm. help pay the debt. So cash flow, uh, strong management team. I know you know this. I know you see this. When uh, a business runs too much through the owner, mm-hmm. they're like still the hub yeah. of yep. everything. Yep. Think about it. If I'm going to come in and buy your business mm-hmm. and everything still runs through you, do I have some risk there? Right. Yep. I do, right? <laughs> exactly. If, if all of a sudden Robert's not there, I'm, <laughs> the you know. Valley, so, the value is going to leave yeah. as soon as you sell it <laughs> or as soon as you buy it. <laughs> Well, that's right. That's exactly right. And so we actually, in our process, there's actually eight value drivers that we focus on. I've mentioned two. Another one would be recurring revenue. Another one would be scalability. Um, it, you know, and and so just working on strengthening those. Oh, let me make one more point to this question. An owner who has a sellable business is going to have more options for exit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Doesn't yep. it? Yep. And, um, and so, yeah. It's, oh, and then the other point is this, a lot of owners, when they, when they hear exit planning, 
They think about the future. Yeah. And that's right. They need to do that. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but right, the centerpiece mm-hmm. of the future the exit is to building the business today mm-hmm. in, a, in, in a way that's going to be sellable. Right. So exit planning really is, it's very, very much about the present and not just the future. Oh, absolutely. Because when you did, talk, I answer, did I answer your question? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you know when you are uh, creating value, because in order to have a good exit, um, you need to create as much maximum value in this business as possible. So when you have mm-hmm. you know, healthy cash flow, a good leadership team, all those things you outline, it helps the present. <laughs> it's, it's like seriously. I mean, it does help the present. Um, not well, it just, helps the present. What's that? And and that's one of the things I appreciate about the work that you're doing, yeah. because you know profitability uh, is huge, and, mm-hmm. and you, the work that you're doing in, in particular on pricing and profitability. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, most of the owners that we run into or we we work with, they're always very much focused on the top line. Mm-hmm. Almost always, yep. how yep. can I increase revenue? Yep. And we we have to work. I know you do. We do too yeah. to help them understand. Okay, yeah, we need to do that. But at the same time, we need to increase that net cash flow yeah. and and the profitability of the business in order for your valuation to continue yeah. to increase. Yeah, I, I've I ask a lot of my new clients. I'll say, would you have? Would you rather have two million dollars in sales or one million dollars in sales total sales or net sales? You know, so the the common answer is obviously going to go for two million dollars in net sales. And I said, well, I've, I've helped the client actually reduce their total their net sales um, down to you know almost fifty percent, but actually increase their net profit. Um, actually, give them net profit because they didn't have net profit, <laughs> so, but to be more profitable with less. And that's all around margin, right? And so um, you go, don't just don't get enamored by the top line because it can be very misleading. And so mm-hmm. uh, great, but yeah, exit. You know, is definitely. I always stress it's not for the future; it is for the present. Because, what if you don't make it to retirement? What if something happens? What happens to remember the you said the high stakes of exiting the business? I mean, there's so many people that are impacted in the business if you don't exit well. But if you don't have the right management team in place, right? You don't have positive cash flow. Um, what if something happens? And I know you've seen it, and I've seen it. Because um, you're always thinking, we're always thinking we're invincible, and we're just planning for the for actual retirement. But what if something is unexpected that's forced upon you to have to retire, right? So not just dying, but just even just health issues or family issues. I mean, there's things that come up in life that sometimes your exit comes a little bit faster than you plan for, <laughs> or you're thinking about. Right? Well, I got a current example. Uh, my partner and I last week, we were on the phone with a lady in the Midwest who, that's what happened. Um, her husband has a successful business, and he's a little bit younger than me. And uh, two years ago, he had a massive stroke. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and so fortunately, he, had, he did a good job of building a management team. Good. Yeah. Okay. So, good for her, the place is still running, but there's a whole lot of other stuff that wasn't attended to that's a little messy. But, um, yeah, to your point, though, the point is is very 
uh, uh, important point. We don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. day in and day out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I can talk about this forever, but uh, we've got one last question for you. But uh, sure. what are some simple steps, first steps to get it going <laughs> for owners to start going and begin plant the planning phase? Yep. Planning phase. Yeah. Uh, okay. First off, establish a start, a target date for exit, a preliminary target date when you would like to, to leave. Too often an owner doesn't, well, we've talked about this ad nauseum probably, but too often an owner doesn't start planning until they're mostly ready to leave, mm-hmm. only to find out that neither they or their business is actually ready to leave at that point. So get a, set a target date. It'll change, you, you know. It'll mm-hmm. change, but just get that done. Have your wealth manager or financial planner um, uh, do a preliminary financial needs analysis for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, too often, uh, um, business owners don't have that their number as to what they're going to need when they eventually mm-hmm. exit. Mm-hmm. So make sure you have that. And um, start to think now, who who will I sell or transfer this business to? Mm-hmm. Is it good? Do I have kids in the business? If so, do they want to own it? Mm-hmm. A lot of times the younger generations don't want to own the, the baby boomer businesses, mm-hmm. for instance. Uh, so who do I want to sell it to? Get an objective estimate of value for the business. You, you hit on this earlier. Are we we were talking about earlier where the business is oftentimes the largest asset in a mm-hmm. in a business owner's portfolio, yet they don't have an objective real number mm-hmm. as to what it's really worth. Yeah, yeah. And so, if if you go to the wealth manager and you say, "Do my financial plan," they they'll typically say, "What what valuation do you put on your business?" Mm-hmm. The business owner gives them a number that they kind of grab back. And it's always overinflated. Yeah. It's not, so get a good number on, on the valuation of the business and then model out cash flow for the next 10 years, mm-hmm. which is very, um, will expose reality as mm-hmm. to how prepared you are for any exit route. Because, mm-hmm. like I mentioned earlier, you're going to need strong cash flow mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. So, target date. Uh, preliminary financial needs analysis, personal, uh, identify a target successor, get an objective estimate of value on the business, and model out cash flow for the next 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Good place to get started, no matter what your exit route you want it to be. Yeah. yeah and having the, the future in mind is, is always a good way to start planning out your business. I mean, just the things that you outlined mm-hmm. right there, it's almost like uh, creating the um, basic goals of developing out your business plan. And mm-hmm. so, um, huge, huge uh, ramifications when you go through those steps. So, Pat, thanks for really just sharing your wisdom. Um, I know this will help those um, if they really take it serious and start doing it and start really thinking through these things and, and taking some steps to have a successful mm-hmm. sexual exit. So what's the best way for listeners to get a hold of you? Yeah, well, thanks, uh, Robert. First off, uh, NSLP.com and ExitReadiness.com, the two websites we have. Mm-hmm. Listeners could go to either one of those sites and get some free resources. There's two uh, free assessments we have on both those sites that that assess sellability 
mm-hmm. and assess overall re- exit readiness. Mm-hmm. And then if they were to go to exitreadiness.com, they could actually purchase a course that'll really help them get going for 180 bucks. Okay. Um, but then if they want to contact me directly, they could, uh, by phone, 301-859-0860. And uh, my email address is pat at nslp.com. Great. Thanks. And everyone, just I would really uh, encourage you to take advantage of that. Go to the website. I've, I've looked at it too. And so just go ahead and grab some of those free resources. And yeah, sign up for the course. I mean, I think, um, like I said, don't wait. <laughs> because <laughs> don't wait. I mean, oh, you know what? Let me offer this too. If anyone listening to this does go to exit readiness and and wants to do the course, if they use this promo code, they can get fifteen percent off. All right. Academy hyphen fifteen. Academy hyphen fifteen. Yep. All right. Great. Hey, Pat. Thanks again for for hopping on. Really appreciate it. I really appreciate the wisdom. Um, enjoyed the discussion. And so thank you everyone again for listening to the Purpose and Profitability podcast. If you have any other business questions or topics you'd like to hear more about, email me at prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com, or go to the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability, and just leave your comments there. So tune in again next week as we go live. Uh, Thanks again for listening. This is Robert Fakui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit PurposeAndProfit.com.